So, um, Carmen. Hey, Tracy. <laughs> hey, boo. I was, you know, um, I was thinking about you and I the other day, and I'm like, when was like the official meeting for you and I? When did we just know <laughs> each other? I do not remember. Like I was thinking about it. Me and Karma, we've been rocking for 25 years, and I just don't 25. remember. I just don't remember that first time we we met officially. I don't know. All I remember oh, is you just next door and Paula was your roommate. And Dasha and was yours. Dasha was my roommate. And we was just hanging out in each other's rooms. I just did. And then there was Caralda and then there was Pat. I And Fredonna would stop through every now and then. Hey, I guess it's just one of those things where it just happens, you know? So, um, you ready to do this? Let's do it. Aye! of Legends of the Fall, the purpose of this series of podcasts is to just kind of like go over, I, I just want to say commemorate the 25th anniversary of the incoming class of fall 1997, Dr. Foster's official last class. Uh, we like to call ourselves the last class under the law, the last class under the baton. And it's a brainchild of my freshman sister, Carmen Nolan, actually Carmen Johnson, but Carmen Nolan now. And she hit me up one day. It's like, you know, Trace, I got an idea for this podcast where we have different subjects and we interview our freshman brothers and sisters to commemorate the 25th anniversary of fall 97, which is this fall. And I said, you know what, Carmen, that's an excellent idea. And she's like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, Let's do it. So this is the brainchild of Mrs. Carmen uh, Johnson Nolan. And um, I'm here to play sidekick. You know what I mean? I, I, I just love being sidekick. I like, I, like being, I like riding shotgun on interesting and fun projects like these. And I'm just so glad that uh, she has me on this journey with her. Carmen, what you got to say about the podcast? Well, I'm excited. Um... I couldn't imagine anybody else to do this with other than Tracy, because like she said, we don't know how we got together, but fourth floor, patty foot dorms, corner pocket, room 414D. Do you remember your room number? 401D, corner exactly. pocket, patty foot. Where's the, where's the patty foot though? Right? R.I.P. patty foot. But the tree is still there. The memories are still there. The tree the, is still there. The tree is still there. The patty foot tree. We're going to talk about the patty foot tree in a minute. But yes, we also got to give a special, special, a uh, huge thanks and shout out to our freshman brother, Mr. Norman Ali. He's uh, in the back. Oh, wait. There he goes. No. No. Hey, guys. Beer, 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 beer. Yeah. 
the producer, uh, video and audio engineer of this project. And without him uh, as the technical brains behind this, this would not be possible. So big shout out to our freshman brother, Norman Ali. So shout out to Norman, you know, shout out to Norman. Um, thank you, Tracy. Um, thank you, Carmen. And I am just honestly really excited to be a part of it. And so, you know, once the idea came about, um, it was it was a, it was an easy decision. Um, and so I'm just excited to see where this goes and just to see what us as a class can impart to the future of the hundred. And so uh, that being said, I am going back into the background and I'm going to. Turn it back to you guys. Yeah. So, so Carmen, how it all started. Now you're from Tulsa, mm-hmm. Oklahoma. How yes, I'm known as Black Wall Street. Mm. Now we had our own. We we've had our own legacy though when it comes to marching bands. The earliest photos that I saw in my high school of the marching band go back to 1939. So. So we've got some history in our own right. But the difference is, though, we tended to take more of a swag style. So our bands were patterned off of um, Grambling University, Langston University in Langston, Oklahoma. And our band camp, we would attend band camp at Grambling. So going to FAM, it was totally different, learning a totally different style. But one Thanksgiving, I saw the 100 perform on BET, and it was something about the rattle the rattler seeing them rattle and seeing those snakes on the uniforms all the way down to pants leg i said mama i want to go to famu and that's all she wrote once i had that thought in my head i couldn't get rid of it i knew i wanted to be a part of the hundred and so i just figured out a way to make it happen so for me my path into the hundred um came by way of rotc i knew i didn't have the funds. I knew my mother wasn't able to pay for me to go to school. So for me, applying for that scholarship, that gave me the funding and the way, you know, for me to attend school. And so for me, that's all she wrote. I, I knew that's what I wanted to do. So I put that that goal in my head and made it happen. And so um, once I applied for that scholarship, it was a whole process. I had to travel all the way from Tulsa, Oklahoma to Oklahoma State University, do an interview physical fitness test. It was a whole process. And so in the spring of 1997, got that letter saying, welcome, you know, acceptance into FAMU. I did a cartwheel in the hallway at my high school when I got that acceptance for the scholarship. And then shortly after that scholarship acceptance, I got the FAMU acceptance letter. So another cartwheel down the, down the hallway. So, um, so yeah, that was my path was, um, funded by way of ROTC but my passion was playing in the band. I, you know, played clarinet all the way through um, from the sixth grade all the way through twelfth grade. So had a long time playing, and so that was just that opportunity to play at another level, at a higher level. And the rest is history. So what about you, Tracy? Now, you come know, now just thinking about Tulsa, Oklahoma. See, I, I came out of uh, Miami, Florida. Uh, I went to Miami Norland Senior High School, and that one in itself, the Miami bands, I, I like to call it the golden era of Miami high school bands, where just about everybody's band director during that time 
from the, I want to say from the mid eighties up until like 96, 97, 98, uh, came from FAMU. So we were fed a steady diet of FAMU since ninth grade. Um, but I'll tell you this, <laughs> y'all don't, y'all don't, y'all don't, y'all don't like come outside my condo with pitchforks. Okay. All right, cool. So I was watching BET one night. It was like seventh grade. And um, they had like this documentary of black college marching bands. They showed Jackson State. They showed Southern. They showed um, North Carolina. Did they show North Carolina a and I don't remember. But I do remember Grambling. I remember a lot of those schools from the SWAC. And then I remember seeing this orange and green band that I didn't even know existed in Tallahassee, Florida. And um, they did like, it was like a, they did like a pan over on the percussion section. And I saw that green uniform and one of the uh, the guys, one of the guys, he didn't have a shako on. He had on a green headband and he had those symbols and he was going. And I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. <laughs> right? And so fast forward to me attending Miami Norland where my band director, uh, the late, great Kenneth, uh, uh, Kenneth Talbert, uh, in the fall of 1993, that was like our first out of town band trip for the year. And it was to go to FAMU's homecoming. And we went to Tallahassee, all the Miami bands were there. New Orleans, Carroll City, um, Miami Central was there. And then there were other schools. Uh, there was the big, I called them the big blue and gold band out of Atlanta, SWD. When we saw SWD and there was another maroon and gray high school out of Jacksonville. That was uh, Reigns, I believe. And we saw all the bands from uh, Georgia and then uh, Miami, of course, because it was just that just tight knit community. And that's when I saw Southern for the first time. And I'm like, dang, they loud. But I will never forget hearing the hundred live and they were playing Endless Love. Wow. I was, I was sold. I was sold on the baritones alone. I mean, I played mellophone, French horn mellophone, but oh my gosh. I was like, it just sounds like water. I'm going to go there. <laughs> so, um, it was like, dang, I, I've got to get to that school. And throughout high school, we always went to FAMU's homecoming. The first time I had my uh, real life experience with the 100 for myself was when I went to band camp, summer of 95. And that particular band camp was still on the old patch, right? So it was on the old patch. It was still there because in 96, they were building the water retention pond from what I remember. And the general classroom building was built across the way. So we had to have uh, Band Camp 96 at FAMU DRS. So in 95, that's when I met um, a lot of the guys and gals that eventually would be my freshman brothers and sisters in uh 97 and i know we got to explain some terms for the people because i'm like what's freshman brother and yeah. sister? what's that about but um 
Yeah, coming from Miami, coming from South Florida, where we were fed a steady diet of FAMU, that's that's all we know. So, I mean, Carmen, you know, when you and I met and you were like, yeah, I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. You had this cute, the cutest <laughs> Southern <laughs> into i knew i just wanted to be a part of it and i was like who is this cute little thing from tulsa Oklahoma with this sweet little southern accent i was like wow because southern accents Dade county Dade county was like a melting pot because you know we have bahamians we have jamaicans we have trinidad trinidadians and um tobagans and whatnot so we had everybody from the islands. So there was really no accents, you know, um, you know, save for a couple of slang terms and whatnot. But when I heard your accent for the first time, I was like, what in the world? But yeah, Norm, if you can get on in here and um, talk about life in Jacksonville, what was it like, you know, in Jayville? What they call it Duval? Duval. Yeah, du- yeah, Duval. That uh Duval. wow, that sounded kind of weak. All right, Duval, don't judge me. Um Come on, <laughs> I I know, I know. I'm getting old. So life as a band member in Jacksonville in the mid nineties. I went to Paxson Senior High School, and that school was not I would say heavily FAMU influenced. The actual band director at the time was from Bethune Cookman. And so a lot of our marching style at the time was obviously patterned behind Bethune Cookman. We've seen FAMU and we've heard of them. Um, But what really sold it for me was our bass drummer and band captain at the time, Chris Sapp. He went to he went to FAMU. He joined the hundred in '96, and Homecoming '96. We actually, me and another friend of mine uh, from the high school band, we visited. We visited him during Homecoming, and we were able to sit behind the band, and the sound. Like we we weren't even facing the band directly, but just that sound that came out. So Tracy, you mentioned Endless Love. I think for me it was um um Sweet Love, Anita Baker. Ooh. Hearing yes. that in yes. in, in ninety six yes. and at, at that point I knew I could not go back to high school my senior year the same. And it it was at that moment I was I was sold. I was sold. Um, and the rest was history. The rest was history. And that's what it seems like it is for everyone. It, it's that yeah, point. That it's song. it's what you see and what you hear. It changes your mind and everything else yeah. pales in comparison to it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Gosh. I'll never forget um, 93 Homecoming. It was freezing. And it's like we're down in South Florida, so it really doesn't get that cold down here. Now, Miami freezing versus freezing, freezing. Oh, well, listen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, six, 60 degrees is freezing in Miami. <laughs> we ain't built for that. We subtropical down here. But the funny thing is, um, in 93, fall of 93, when we went to home that homecoming, 
um, it was rainy. I just remember it was rainy and it was mucky and it was wet and it was humid. But good God, by one o'clock that Saturday, the wind started getting a little breezy. By two o'clock, the temperature started dropping. By the time the game started at about, I think it was that started about three o'clock. Oh my gosh. It was cold. It was cold. And I couldn't understand how the FAMU students, you know, at that homecoming, some of them were still walking around with t-shirts, light jackets. And you could hear somebody say, oh, it feels good out here. Us from Miami, all we had on was our band uniforms. We're like, it's cold, it's cold, it's cold, it's cold. I felt sorry for the majorettes that day. <laughs> I felt sorry for them. All they had on was the little sparkly little bathing suits and the little stockings and the boots. They was cold as heck. They didn't know what to do. <laughs> sorry if there's any um, majorettes watching who attended FAMU's homecoming in 93. <laughs> Suck to be you. I'm just saying. Ah! But anyway, um, <laughs> but um, endless love. Hearing endless love push across that field. Woo. I said, yeah, I want to be in that number. That was the moment where I said, I want to be in that number. Yep, we all got our moments. So oh. tell me, Tracy, so um, coming up on French Horn, and when we say coming up, that means your freshman year. The year when you hear us say coming up in the 100, that's the first year that you marched in the 100. So mm -hmm. tell me though, what made you decide one, why did you choose French horn? And two, oh. what was that experience like coming on, on French horn in the fall of 97? Awesome sauce. So why did I choose French horn? So I'm gonna just take it back. My very, very first instrument, believe it or not, was the trumpet. That was ah. my very I played trumpet sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. No, sixth and seventh grade. And then I made the switch to French horn. Um, in eighth grade, because at the time, my middle school band director was like, I need you on French horn. You have the sound, you have, you, you have, you, you have. So she changed, she changed me from beginning band to advanced band and she put me on French horn. And that's, that's how that came to be. So okay. I know I was going to come up on French horn. All right. So because I knew how to play trumpet it was very easy to transfer over to mellophone, right? So um, I knew I wasn't going to play trumpet coming up in 100. I, I knew that was not, that was, no. <laughs> no. No offense to my freshman brothers or sister, uh, Hubba, Hubba Deidre, <laughs> who came up in 97 on trumpet. God bless you guys, but not the kid. So um, French horn. French horn. Um, I just knew that when I went to camp 95 and that was the first time I met who at that time was there uh, from the mellophone section, Marvin Johnson there. Then it was Lorenda. Um, Kwanzaa wasn't there yet. Kwanzaa was still at Burke. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Oh, um, I think, no, 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 it wasn't him. There was somebody else. Uh, Eddie Bugs, that was in 95, Eddie Bugs. Um, Benjamin McKnight came down for the honors band. He came down for honors band. 
and there was another gentleman, um, Matthew Geiger or Geiger, but that was his, um, that was his last name, Geiger. But either way, um, from that experience, and of course, you know, they all knew that I came from Miami, New Orleans, Mr. Talbert. So it was like, okay. So we have one of Mr. Talbert's kids. <laughs> we used to call us, we used to call each other, they used to call us Talbert's kids. One of Mr. Talbert's kids is coming to uh, FAMU. Uh, now, as a young lady coming from a predominantly male section, like the brass section, in high school, I was already used to being around a whole bunch of guys. It was almost like second nature. You have to kind of conduct yourself in a manner being around uh, a bunch of, you know, a bunch of guys who are playing trombone, baritone, trumpet, tuba. And if I could get through Norlin at the time, being um, one of the three, girls in the brass section, then I knew that if I focused hard enough and worked hard enough, I can get to, um, I can actually make it being uh, one of the very few women in the brass section in the hundred. I knew it was going to be hard. I knew it was going to be hard and I knew it was not going to be a cakewalk. So uh, let me go ahead and put this disclaimer out. Um, our views, <laughs> our views, what is it, Carmen? Our views do not represent <laughs> Florida. The and expressed in this podcast do not reflect the views of Florida A&M University, nor the Marching 100. Yes, let's put that out there real quick. I was like, before I start talking about it, let's put that disclaimer. Um, I knew it was not going to be easy. Let's just get that out of the way because you have, um, you have these guys that have been marching and playing for four, you know, for, for years and, you know, you get to the hundred and that's another echelon of difficulty. That's another echelon of musicality and athletic strength with the marching and the point and drive and the rattling, the, you know, you know, <laughs> hitting the nineties while playing, you know, music that you had to learn like three or four days earlier, I knew it was going to be hard. I knew it was going to be hard. I had to, I'm naturally, well, no, I'm not. And, and well, then I was very quiet because I was going to say, well, you know, I'm quiet. No, I'm not. But, <laughs> in but certain situations, Tracy. In certain situations, I'll say this. In certain situations, I'm very quiet. Let me tell you coming up in 97 as a as a female playing horn playing mellophone and then coming into this uh, male dominated section I was like yeah I'm gonna be quiet I'm gonna just shut my mouth and I'm gonna just if I'm I felt that you know if I be quiet hard enough they'll forget I'm here <laughs> if I be quiet hard enough you just forget I'm here. And that's how I earned my band name, but we ain't gonna talk about my band name. But <laughs> I knew you wanna go there. You wanna go there. Oh no, 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 no. I knew <laughs> I knew it was gonna be hard. I knew I knew it was gonna be hard as a as a female coming up in uh the the brass section in the hundred during that time. But you but, did it though. Uh, 
You made it through. I made it. Shoot. God, you made it. It was hard. Let's just say it was hard. It was, it was, it wasn't easy. And at that time, um, to be able to say, um, as a woman in the brass section, that wasn't given. It just wasn't given away freely. Let's you earned let's, it. You had to earn. <laughs> you had to earn it. <laughs> Nobody was gonna be like, oh, you're a woman in the brass. We're just gonna pet glove. No. Because you know what? When I came, Lorenda Hamilton was my section leader. And the year before, Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa Washington, she was fall, uh, fall 96. She was, she was there. So you already had two. They there paved no, the way. They paved the way, but there was no, God, there were no excuses. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What made me want to um, play horn and, and come up in the hundred? Uh, I was already playing French horn. I was already, and plus I had the trumpet background, which was made it very easy to switch over to a mellophone uh, fairly quickly. Now, what about you, Carmen? Clarinet? Come, were you, was your band core style or traditional? No, not at all. Um, on clarinet, my first, first instrument actually was cello. I played in the orchestra um, fourth and fifth grade. Really? But in the, right, yeah. In the city of Tulsa, the um, instruments were based on the elementary school. So I just happened to attend an elementary school that had all um, string instruments. But when okay. I went to middle school, there were no string instruments. It was all wind instruments. And so when I came home, I said, hey, mom, there's no cellos here. There's only wind instruments. So mm -hmm. I had to make a choice and pretty much just choose what I wanted to play. And my mom actually played cello. I'm, I'm sorry, she played clarinet as a kid. So she had one. She said, you know what? I got a clarinet. So she put it in the horn, she put it in the shop, got mm -hmm. it refurbished and she connected me with an old um, friend who was an elementary school um, music teacher at another school. He got me some lessons on clarinet and the rest is history. I fell in love with it. So, so yeah, I played clarinet from six all the way um, through 12th grade never wanted to play anything else but that okay but, um, as far as the band though um we always we played um the same style that you see langston university swag style jackson state grambling like we played a lot of their fanfares a lot of our style was marched after was um patterned after them so the endurance part of it the marching that part was there i knew how to do that but the style, the point and drive, our version of marching, the hundred would call that pancaking. We didn't point and drive. We focused on oh. 90, the point and the drive. So technique wise had to adjust to that. And then just music wise, because the music that we played was more so fanfare type music. Um, when I got that music package in the mail, I had to start from scratch. So had never played any of it. So it was a pretty to climb to go from having never played in storm and sunshine never played marches to having to learn that and learn how to march all of that all at the same time so so yeah it was Girl, so you were already coming in behind the eight ball because a lot of us we were already playing oh happy day and backstabbers and right, none of that not not a piece of it not a sheet so of you it. had to learn all those marches purple carnival circus b American. Oh my gosh. Purple carnival. But somehow figured it out. 
and I think too, just being, um, I, I did sports all the way through high school. I swam my entire um, time in high school. So have just physically having that endurance, I always marched and played a sport at the same time. So the mm -hmm. endurance piece that was there physically, but um, also learning the music on top of that, that um, additional challenge. And just coming into a, a college where I didn't know a soul, not one person from Tulsa, Oklahoma, was on campus at that time. Mm -hmm. You know, not having that alumni or upperclassmen to fall in on. The only person from my high school that um, played in the 100 is Marna Renteria. Um, she came up, I, I don't want to say the year that she came up incorrectly, but I know she is, I believe she's Victor Gaines' freshman sister. Okay. I think they came up the same year because I know he always told me that her band name was Resume. So it was 80 something. I want to say 87, but I may not be correct. So I don't, I don't want to mess it up. But you don't want Vic to come Hey, Vic. Hey, Vic. But, um, but yeah, that was it. Outside of that, um, I told my band director where I wanted to go. And he said, well, you know, Marta Renteria went there. That was what he always told me. So I said, hey, if one person has been there, then I can get there too. So that's what pushed me through. But yep, the rest is history, Tracy. We um we both came from way different parts of the country, wow. but um we made it through. You know, we showed up for pre-drill. And I think at some point, once we realized, okay, we're both in the hundred, okay, we're walking to the same way heading to practice. I think that's how it started. And I think that's, that's just how it started. We were always 335 heading to the same place and after practice was over, wow. heading over to the calf and heading back to Patty Foot. Yeah. So it went from there. That's how it that's that's how it started. That's yep, that's how it When you told me you were from Tulsa, Oklahoma, I was like, they got black people over there. <laughs> yes. I still remember that first night when I introduced myself. Remember freshman night? Right when we, we had, had to stand up and introduce ourselves and when mm -hmm. i said Tulsa, oklahoma there was so many different comments so many different whispers and then afterwards upperclassmen where you from they got black people over there y'all march over there y'all court stop just tons of questions tons of questions but the one thing that i loved about the hundred though is no one ever made me feel like i should not be there because of where i was from Right. It might be for other reasons, but it was it was never due to where I was from. And so that that is one thing I will always love about my class. And I will I will love about the hundred because everybody just embraced me. They knew I think 97 fall 97 knew that um, I came from somewhere where no one else was. But it was all love. Everybody embraced me as if I was one of their own. No one ever made me feel like I didn't belong there. So I think that's why I might, you know, cling to our class a little bit more because I didn't have, you know, that I didn't have alumni or upperclassmen to really fall back on. So Yeah, um, we had to take care of you. We had to yeah. Yeah. They kinda everybody kind of take care of you. Tulsa, come here, come here. Come here, babe. Come here. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it's like you had Miami, then there was you you had the cluster from Miami, then you mm -hmm. had a Orlando, you know, you had the Duval crew, then you had the Atlanta crew, and then um, there was a time where we had, um, I don't know, I think by that, I think by that time, 
that period where we had some kids from uh, Louisiana to attend FAMU and come up in the hundred, that was already, that already passed. I don't think we had a little bit of Louisiana, a little bit of Detroit. We had all, we had the, we had the Southfield Michigan crew. Yeah, yeah, Southfield, Southfield. Steve and Francesca, shout out to Southfield Michigan, man. Shout out. (laughs) We gotta, gotta represent Michigan. But it's like outside of those known clusters, it was like, here came Carmen, Tulsa, Oklahoma. We were like, come here, baby, come here. We got you. I think the closest I could get, though, was um, our freshman sisters that came out of Texas. You know, Kwanzaa. Yes, we, we had a cluster Dominica. from Texas. Yeah, yeah. Kwanzaa, yeah. So we, had a, we, had, we had some Texas coming out. I think that was a little slice of home. Little, little slice, little slice of, home. of home. <laughs> Wait, you just brought back a memory. What? The night we had to introduce ourselves to the upperclassmen. That was what they called the merge, right? Mm -hmm. Because we had pre-drill for like a week. And then, you know, we were like, yeah, the upperclassmen Sunday, they're coming back. They're coming, they're coming, they're coming. And it's like, (laughs) what's that going to be? So we're all standing in a long line outside of Foster Tanner and we're, you know, going into the, um, going into the, the, the band room and we were singing FAMU spirit and we walking in and you see all these upperclassmen. It was like, uh, (laughs) I remember that night we were, Oh my God. I remember that night. What was it like for you, Carmen, that night where we all had sectionals and how everybody had to like go with their sections and play with the upperclassmen for the first time? Like, what was that like? You coming from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and you know, getting to know all this music, and now you're playing with the upperclassmen along with your freshman brothers and sisters in the clarinet section. What was that feeling like that night? See, I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know what I was in for. You were just like, okay, we're playing with the upperclassmen. Yeah, I was just going with it. Right, right. The rest of us were like, taking it all in, trying to figure it out, figuring out my way through it. Mm -hmm. It, In some ways, it was almost like stepping, I don't want to say a totally different planet, but it truly was. It was stepping Mm -hmm. into the unknown. So, I was figuring it out as literally as I was going. Didn't know what to expect from day to day. So I just tried to do what I could, take it one day at a time, learn as much as I could, soak it all up. Because I didn't, because I didn't know what was to come, I didn't have any trepidations. I didn't have any fears because I didn't know what was coming. I was just like, hey, I was more just excited to be here. Aside from- I am very happy to be here. <laughs> right, I really was. I was excited just to be at FAMU, aside from the hundred. And not mm-hmm. only that, on top of what was going on with the hundred, I was also doing things with ROTC on top of that. So I was juggling. I definitely had a lot, a lot of balls in the air and was just figuring out, figuring it out as I went along. You had that, you yeah, you had you had layers of stuff. Had to, had to make it work. 
So another question for you, Tracy, and this is something that I will, uh, we'll ask this throughout the season as we talk to all our classmates is, um, what, what did the Marching 100 give you? Oh, man, a lot. Oh, what can I say? Um, the number one thing it gave me was discipline. There's no excuses, right? People want to make excuses to do things. And it's like, oh, I don't want to do this. And it was like, if, if you but learn this music, learn this dance routine, learn the show, put this uniform on. Because you got a job to do. Who cares? Right? I remember when, um, I think it was a hurricane. I don't remember if it was September. I don't remember what it was. But Dr. Um, Dr. White, had uh had said something to the effect of they don't yeah these people they don't care about whatever whatever they're coming to see a show right so take that and flip that to okay in your professional life nobody cares if you not saying nobody cares if you're sick because you, but it's like you you got yeah you got to show up and that was one of the things my biggest takeaway from the hundred was you gotta show up, show up with no excuses. Exactly. Um, prepared. Prepared. Show up prepared, prepared with no excuses. Leadership, how to be a good leader, you know, um, how to be a good chief, how to be a good Indian. Yes, right? how to follow. How, how to, to follow. follow. How to lead and how to follow. Because with all of those people, you got it as you have a section leader, an assistant section leader, and you have your rank sergeants, right? Then you have your drum majors, and then you have the band staff. So with 300, 400 pieces, it's like this is not the time for everybody to be, as we Jamaicans would call it. You have a saying in Jamaica say, you know, own wave, your own, your own way, your own way. Um, you had to do you kind of had to you just not kind of, you had to do as you were told. In order to be a good leader, you had to be a good follower. Exactly. So definitely learned that how to move as a unit, how to move as a unit, how to move in, how to move individually, but how to move as a unit, like off the top of my head. Uh, also perseverance, right? Yes. Out here, you know, just out here and I call it the regular world and whatnot, because, you know, when we were at FAMU, that was a whole different experience. And especially in the marching band. Um, definitely hard work and perseverance hard work and perseverance it was not easy to learn two thick packets of music and those were just the standards that wasn't the weekly show music you had to know the music you had to persevere through all of that rehearsal um learning the dance routine and then putting it all together you know, when people complain about, oh, you know, I was in the gym for only 30, 45 minutes and I wanted to stop. I'm like, now granted, I'm 25 years removed from having rehearsals from three to six and then run to get to the cab that sometimes there wasn't no food and then come back to the band drill field in time for sectionals at seven and then run rehearsal from 7.30 until 11 o'clock at night. That was like a 40, it was, it was like a second job. But it's like the perseverance and the athleticism and the endurance and just those things that have become 
the bedrock of who I am as a person today. When I tell people I was in the marching 100, okay? When I come out, out here, I'm a cyclist and um, I'm a part of bike groups and, you know, it's kind of, and when I see the ups and downs and things of that nature and people are like, oh, I want to do this, and I'm like, it looks good when everybody has on the same jersey. It looks good when everybody falls in line and does what it's supposed to do. It looks good when everybody's coming together and moving as a unit because that's all I know. I've been in music organizations for years and the hundred has definitely given me um, jewels and nuggets that are a part of the foundation of who I am as a person. What about you, Carmen? What did, what did the hundred give you? I think similarly, some of the things that you said, I definitely learned how to be part of a team and, and just the identity of not wanting to let the group down or even the group, the group think, you know, I was on the more introverted side when I first came to fam and I will always remember, um, JT. I think I told you about this before, how he saw me. John Thomas, Miami Jackson's finest. Yes. (laughs) He saw me sitting by myself. Cause of course I didn't know anyone. So literally I'm, I know where I'm supposed to be at, but I didn't know anyone. And so I was just sitting there by myself waiting on everybody to show up. I don't remember if we were getting ready to go to practice, go to the field or what, but he said, um, you don't have to be by yourself. Don't let me see you by yourself. You know, mm-hmm. you have your freshman brothers and sisters. Stay with them. Learn them. They're going to look out for you. And so, and he even said that too within your section, you know, be with your section, get to know them. And so mm-hmm. I, I listened to that and I and I, I took them up on that. So deeper than just knowing your music, knowing how to play, but you've also have to get along with the people that you're on the field with. You may not have to like them, but you do have to learn how to work together. So I think what that's taught me, no matter where I'm at in the world, no matter what desert I'm in, is learning how to be a part of a team, make that team dynamic work, and to get through it. Um, In the military, we often say embrace the suck, but honestly, that started in the hundred because I learned how to embrace whatever whether it was the weather you had to embrace whether it was the long hours you had to embrace whether whatever that was just learning how to thrive within it not wishing that it was over but learning how can i thrive within this and move through this and so yeah i think the hundred really did um plant some seeds that a lot of times i would attribute to the military but honestly it started before that those lessons i learned on the field and so a lot of that was already planted within me and I just took it with me and it continued to bloom after my time in the hundred. Yeah. And then, you know, and then dealing with different personalities, right? Cause we we're, we're working, we're, we're grown folks now. Right. And right. We're working on these jobs and whatnot, we have coworkers and it's like, why y'all, why y'all gotta make stuff difficult? Why, why everybody gotta bring it? At the end of the day, because we got a job to do and we get to go home. Let's get it done. Let's, Let's get, get it done. done. Right. Why does, why does somebody have to take all the credit for the project? It's like, no. So the hundred really um, taught me how to work with different personalities and just know that it's like, uh, and it's, <laughs> I'll even say this. 
no offense to you know my friends who did not part participate in a marching band or organized activity, but like you could you could tell who oh, yeah. did oh, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like I can talk to um like there's a group uh, uh, there's a group of uh, band alumni um that I'm a part of and we all met on the fifth quarter.com. Um shout out to Christy Walker and Mike Lee, the founders of the fifth quarter, where I've met um folks from North Carolina A&T, Virginia State, Virginia Union, um, uh, Winston-Salem State, Morris Brown, Clark. And it's like, we all click, because it's like, we all have that background. We all have that background um, amongst each other. And it, 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 it just brings people together when you already know, okay, I know what it's like to work under pressure. I know what it's like to hold my peace <laughs> for the sake of, um, I right. know what it's for the, like, for the greater good, greater good. I know what it's like to get the heck in line and shut your mouth and, you know, do this thing, you know, and I know what it's like to you having to speak up and look out for people. So it's like, it's like, you could tell, it's like, uh, it's like the Martian band just builds a certain level of character that, a lot of people who didn't participate in organized sports or organized activities in college and in high school, they just, that just, just don't have, it just gives a level. It just, it just gives a level of depth. Just gives a level. Gives a level of depth. And even within my last unit, like right now, I'm still a a part of the army reserves and I just finished um, commanding a battalion and my battalion sergeant major. So on the first, civilians that means he's my my right hand my senior um enlisted sergeant he played trombone and so just knowing that he already came from right from he has that, right. i said okay now I, I you know what time it is so you know what we got to do you know we got to mm-hmm. get it done and not only that um and shout out to um sergeant benny johnson he's um fall 94 um bass drum marching 100 he um I recruited him to join my battalion. And so I already knew. I knew what his ethic was like. And so yep. I knew, okay, you still in the reserves? Come join my battalion. But just knowing that, knowing that work ethic, knowing all that comes along with being a part of the hundred, of course I know he's yep. gonna do what he's gotta do when it comes to him being a part of my unit. So it's universal. It's almost like we speak our own language. We already know mm-hmm. what to expect from each other. So and, I think and, I, and I'm glad you brought up language because we got some language amongst ourselves. So freshman brother and freshman sister, what does that mean, Carmen? To me, and I, I hope I'm getting it right, but my freshman brothers and sisters are those that I came up in the hundred with, meaning I matriculated at Florida A&M University in the fall of 97 which means that's also the year that um, I entered the March 100 as a freshman. So my freshman cohort are my um, freshman brothers and sisters. So I hope I got that definition right. Ditto. (laughs) (laughs) Ditto. So as we go along, no, we'll continue to um, try to explain some of our jargon because we got our own culture. We have our own language and our own norms um for anyone that's listening that's not um familiar with hbcu culture but um but yeah tracy i think we're off to a good start though i think um it's, it's about time for us to wrap it up but i hope um whether you're a band head 
whether you're um, just the HBCU enthusiast, even for members of the class of 97 that came up, whether you went to FAMU, whether you went to whatever HBCU, I hope that um, those that listened that came up in 97, no matter where you were, that you can um, glean something from this or even you know have your own memories or even record your own memories from your time in the fall of 97. And so the goal for this is just for us to um, record our own oral history, record our own stories, because who else can tell your own story but you? That's big facts. That's big facts. And just kind of giving you all like a, a precursor to what we're going to show you guys in the next couple of episodes. Like right now, this is like how it all got started, how, how me and Carmen met, where she came from, where I came from. How do we get to know um, about the hundred? What do we learn from the hundred? What do we experience from the hundred? And I, I'm telling you right now, it's it's it's, it's going to be a treat. This series is definitely going to be a treat. Um, definitely yes for Fall '97 because uh, this year is our 25th anniversary. But also the classes that came up before us and after us, it'll be like a, a bit of a trip down memory lane, right? of what you all have experienced and learned. And even today, um, 90, fall 97, we have our own group, we have our own chat and whatnot. And we lean on each other through thick and thin. It's, it's been this way for years. The, 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 the term freshman brother, freshman sister um, is very endearing um, to all of us. So you all are gonna learn um, about fall 97. We are definitely a colorful bunch. <laughs> <laughs> we are a colorful bunch but if any we are a very loving bunch it's just something special about 97 something about something very special about 97 and we we are so excited that we get to share this with you all hey norm so what you 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 back there you ain't back there uh taking a nap eating a peanut butter jelly sandwich what you what you doing back there norm well, uh, that pizza delivery finally arrived, so I'm uh, I'm good to go. Um, I love it. Wow, um, you guys hit some really good points, and even just you know me kind of thinking, you know, what the hundred has meant for me, and some of the things that was imparted for me just kind of made me just kind of reflect, you know, on my own. And so, uh, like you guys said. Um, we, we really hope this gives an opportunity to tell our story as a class, um, to give homage to those that came before us and for those that are coming after us, you know, what can we impart uh, to future classes as a 97 class? And so um, I'm excited for these upcoming episodes um, and I'm ready to go. Who says this? Elton, as freshman brother Elton would say, we got a fat trick. <laughs> Norman is like, why? <laughs> Norm, I think you had that face throughout the whole fall of 97. Yes, our entire freshman year. Yes, he did. Why? Just, why?